Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. And welcome back to the next edition of the Unity Talks podcast. I'm your host, David Cathy, and we thank you so much for joining us. Remember, we release a new episode every other week, and this is season three. And I'm going to get right to our guest today. Our guest is Michael Visentine. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here, David. Thanks. Absolutely. Michael and I used to be co-workers. So years ago at Sprint, we sat near each other and we were both pricing analysts. I went on to be a recruiter in my life. Michael went on to be a COO in his life. Now he helps COOs and small companies run their business, which we're going to get into. In fact, why don't you give us a two minute quick commercial on what you do today? And then we're going to go back and see where this all began. Okay. Okay. Well, currently I, again, in Michael Vizentine, as David said, worked with him at Sprint. And I'm currently an EOS implementer. I work for EOS Worldwide. And what we really do is we work with businesses and we help them. We tell them three things. We get vision, get them all on the same page, go in the same direction. Traction, how do you execute, how do you get the discipline and accountability and built in that organization to get, achieve that vision. And then lastly, talk about healthy. Getting the team to work together because a lot of teams aren't. We do that with the leadership teams. We find so goes the leadership team, so goes the rest of the organization. Yeah. So and yeah. I've been doing that now for, gosh, off and on for about, not off and on, but really about five years. Yeah. And I yeah. love that. And you were actually in a company that we'll get to yes. that implemented EOS, and that's how you got so interested that's in right. this. So we're going to get back into this here. But first, as you know, we're going to start with understanding where you came from so people identify. And I just found out, so I knew Michael went to TCU, and I knew he was on the SWIM team and graduated with a degree in finance. What I did not know is that you are a West Texas guy, small town West Texas guy. So tell us where you're from and how you went from there to here. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in West Texas. My dad was a high school football coach. So, you know, football is huge in West Texas. Oh, yeah. So I, I did play football in high school. I wasn't that good at it. I mean, I was good, <laughs> but I was a much better swimmer. So, uh, so my dad was a head coach out at Andrews, Texas. And uh, I started swimming and enjoyed it. It was really good. And uh, I caught the eye at TCU. So I uh, swam for TCU on a scholarship. And I loved it. I was, uh, I was honestly a mediocre college athlete. I, just, I mean, as far as I wasn't amazing. I loved it. It taught me a lot yep. about discipline and hard work. And I loved it and the relationships I built. But, uh, but yeah, I got my finance degree and then started on my career and then, you know, going out into the world and trying to make my mark. Yeah. So a college athlete, incredibly hard. I had two daughters that were yes, college athletes. Yeah. So incredible discipline. I mean, just ridiculous discipline. And, and sometimes you don't even get to feel the full college effect because your, your time is so divided. So you have friends going off and having fun and doing the college thing as we all know it. Yeah. And then the athlete can't. And I'm sure you experienced a lot of that. There's a little bit of that idea because we were swimming in the morning and then we'd go back and swim in the afternoon. But yeah. it was fun. We had a lot of camaraderie on the team, oh, as yeah, you know. Yeah. And so we, we had a good time. So I love that. Well, I but, feel like it, it builds discipline in your life that you pull on throughout the rest of your career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> okay. So we started at Sprint. Okay. So you were there for 10 years. I was there for just over five years. We yeah. were both yeah. on the pricing team. And, uh, and I left first and I started in recruiting 
you left second. You went and got your MBA. I think you met a guy and yes. ended up in Colorado for I a did. couple of years as a chief operating officer. So tell us how that transition went from Sprint, pricing manager, to Colorado COO. Yeah. So as you're right, we were at Sprint and it was what, a couple of, well, about five or six <clears> years out of college. Same deal. I mean, I was working hard, you know, to try to get my name for myself. I was young and hungry and really trying to build my career and getting my MBA was part of it. Well, you're right. I met a gentleman and uh, he kind of just started mentoring me. He, he got me into reading. I'm a big reader of a lot of books, as David and I've oh, shared yeah. a lot and just, you know, keeping the mind growing and learning. So I would recommend always be a reader, learning. And so, uh, but we just started chatting and talking and he, uh, he, w he got pulled to be um, run this uh, publishing company up in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And he said, I want you to come and be my COO. And I was like, I know nothing about publishing. Yeah. And he goes, I don't care. I've seen your organized. I said, I know publishing. You know how to get things going. You're going to be my CEO, right-hand man, to get things done. I'm like, I can do that. Because I think you're right. I've seen that discipline I learned in college and, mm -hmm. and just working hard. And part mm -hmm. of that's a hard work ethic. So we went to Colorado and for six years. Uh, we ran a NAV Press, a publishing division of the Navigators, and we loved it. And that's where I really started to learn about or tried to learn about strategy. How do I take all these crazy ideas that my visionary boss had and get it into something that makes sense so the organization can then execute on that and we can achieve our goals? And that, that started me on that journey about strategy, from strategy mapping to SWOT analysis to blue ocean strategy, you name it, man. I was looking for that kind of way to put things together to execute. Yeah, love that. You know, there's a quote that says, not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. And so I, I, I was not a reader. And then about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, I decided, you know what, I got to go all in. Like if I'm going to lead organizations and lead groups of people, I got to go all in and I, I don't know enough, yeah. you know? And so I've strategically started attacking books that I know would help me. So yeah. I agree with Michael on making sure that you continue to read. Um, Okay, so you use some terminology there, you and, and I want to get to that terminology uh, because you said I had a visionary leader and he took you and the family to Colorado. Texas guy, West yeah, Texas yeah. guy. Texas, Texas. Took you to Colorado. You ended up coming back here. You were in another COO, a COO role, so mm -hmm. we can get to that. But I think that was where you first opened your eyes to, okay, this guy's a visionary. Like the way he thinks is so different than me. I'm very organized. I'm very tactical. So tell us about that relationship between a visionary person and that integrator operations person. Yeah, no, and I think that's key to learning that, first of all. I knew I wasn't the visionary, and that wasn't bad. It took me a while to really come to grips with that. It's like, I need to be the visionary. I got to be the leader. Well, you can be a leader in so many different aspects. So it took a long, probably not to my 40s, and I really be comfortable with like, I'm not the visionary, I'm the integrator. I'm the guy that gets the visionary things done. And so when you can find that duo, it's just amazing. You know, Disney had it, McDonald's had it when they first started, Ray Kroc and his second. And so it's really working together and understanding is like, hey, you got this guy that has a million ideas a minute. Mm -hmm. He's all over and you know, he's thinking there's a shiny penny here, here. And then the, but the, the, the kind of the operations, my was kind of, how do I get that into something that we can execute on? Mm -hmm. Turn that vision into a reality. So, okay, I see that, let's do this. And really saying no, and it's really that in a good way, you know, arguing and fighting for the greater good of the company. Where are we trying to get to? You got the vision. I got the know-how to get us there. How do we work together? And that were, it really was cool in which that worked out. Do you feel that um, the integrator's role 
is, and, and by the way, we're using EOS terminology here. <laughs> so you may remember the last podcast we did with Kelly Roberts. She was our CFO that was sitting in that seat right there. And she said, we operated on EOS and like, we stopped the show down because I'm a big fan of it. We're trying to self-implement. Michael does that now as we uh, discussed earlier. So this integrator visionary, that's EOS ter terminology. So we're all leveling the playing field here. So is the integrator also a buffer? Because I've got to imagine that if you've got a visionary who's all over the place and chasing everything, you know, the staff can come in one day and they're going 100 miles an hour this direction. The very next day, they're going in the yeah. opposite direction and, and that can wear you out. So is, yeah. is it a buffer? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the what we call the glue that holds it together and setting the cadence of the company. And so it definitely works with the visionary. And the visionary is still over the organization, mm -hmm. but it is. It kind of is that buffer to say, and visionaries typically know this. They know they're constantly, and they're, they have that, but is, they can run that buffer through the integrator to say, hey, you're still over. You're driving the vision. You're the culture. You're the big idea guy, big relationship. But for the execution side, let's let the organization drive that. And typically it's through the integrator to kind of keep that friction to a minimum. But it's mm -hmm. a good friction that you want to have. You want to have that visionary pulling you and that integrator coordinating and kind of saying, we got to slow down to move it. No, we got to speed up. But it's that good uh, symbiotic relationship to yeah. kind of work together to say, hey, how do we make the organization the best it can be? Okay, so why is that relationship good? You said that it's good, the friction's good, you know, the disagreement, the conflict. All that stuff is, why is that so good? Yeah, I, and I go back to, and I love Patrick Lencioni, anything he does. So he talks about healthy conflict. And mm -hmm. that's what I mean by that. you got to engage for the best part of the organization. And so when you know that visionary, and they know what they lack, they don't, you know, they're good. They, they know they're good at, but they're not good at this. And you know your strengths, you can kind of work together. And that, so you know you're working together in the right way, but you're also kind of, you have those friction points. But you know at the end of the day, you're trying to move the organization forward. You're working for the best of the organization. So... You have your moments, but for the most part, I just, you know, I loved working with him. He drove me crazy, but I loved yeah. working with him yeah. because he was so good at what he did, but he knew I was also good at what I did, and it really worked well. Yeah, I think that's great. I, you know, I want to touch on one thing that we we glossed over. You glossed over it. I didn't go back and ask a question on it, but I think it's important to note. You wanted to be a visionary yeah. for a while there. Yes, I did. And and I feel like that's almost one of these things where your ego wants you to be that mm -hmm. because that's supposed to be the cool running the show job. But an integrator is just as important. And, and everybody, you're kind of either one or the other because I'm sure visionaries, when they're young and they're starting their business, they're trying to operate in both roles. And that seems like that can be dangerous. So I guess it's two things. Number one, is it kind of that ego where, no, this is just as important. That's number one. Number two is, do you see visionaries who are trying to operate or have to operate as both the integrator and visionary? And what does that do to the organization long-term? Yeah, and that, that is a great question. So you're right, it took me a little, first part of the question, it took me a while to understand. I'm not a visionary, but it doesn't mean I can't lead. There's a great book called Leading from the Second Chair, which I recommend, but it's, it's leading where you're at. And there's different types of leaders. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean like that. So getting comfortable with that and then knowing that I'm best paired with a visionary. Mm -hmm. So I can lead as an integrator, but I'm just not that visionary component. Nothing bad. You just figure out where you're, you put the smart people in the room, you work with them. And then you're right. When most companies start as an entrepreneur, as a small, you're going to, the visionary will have to be the integrator. The visionary will probably have to be the salesperson. You know, as they start, they're the one person. And then as organization grows, they let go of, they hire a salesperson. They hire the HR, the finance. But most often than not, the visionary will be the integrator. They'll be one and the same for a while, but then they need to grow 
and understand they're, they are the visionary. They have the, they have the culture, they have the overall organization in place, but then how do they let room to grow for that integrator, typically kind of a COO type person, the VP of ops type of deal, to come in and really be one, be that buffer, and two, let go of the vine, what we say in EOS terms, let go of the vine so that person can lead the best and they can lead the best. Because if they keep moving up in the right way, they can see things so much further and create mm -hmm. a vision that everybody else in is like, oh my gosh, you know, that's where I want to go. You know, yeah. we're going to take that hill. That's what you want your visionary. Yeah. And then how do we do it? That's where your integrator comes in and you get the strengths of both of them. Oh my gosh, it's amazing what yeah. you do. Yeah, it's, it's so it's so cool to watch it happen from afar. Oh my gosh. So I want to get to more of that, but to, to cap off where we're at from a career standpoint with you, you're in Colorado, you're doing this for a COO for NAPRESS, um, and then you end up back in Dallas, right, where home is. Yeah. Okay? So how do you make that transition? How, what led you back here? So uh, uh, they uh, were outsourcing uh, NAPRESS. They were outsourcing that. My boss left, went back to Tennessee. and. And then, so I was kind of like, okay, what am I going to do next? And ended up connecting with a gentleman here that was running a business. And uh, he said, why don't, you know, we were just talking. He said, why don't you come down and be my CEO, be my integrator? And I'm like, okay, well, what do you do? You know, talking like that. And uh, we'd known each other for years. So he knew that was kind of my role. Well, he's a high visionary. I'm a good integrator. And so when I came and I joined him uh, back here in Dallas, uh, the company was Fresh One. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he introduced me to, he goes, hey, we're running on this thing called EOS. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I was mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm a big strategy. How do we make it work and do things? And he says, oh my gosh, it's an operating system created by a gentleman in Detroit. You know, it's for small entrepreneurial companies, 10 to 250 employees, really looking to grow and really work, like we said, vision, traction, uh, healthy. And I said, that sounds awesome. Let's look at it. Well, I got into it and I just loved it because mm -hmm. it was simple. It was very, most things are the tools are one page. I mean, they're very simple. And so when I came here, we ran the company on it and it just was, I loved it. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, not everything's perfect, yeah. but the visionary, he worked where he was, integrator, I worked where I was, and we had a company that was functioning because we all ran. We knew where we were going. Yeah. We knew the goals we were going to do there and we knew what each other was accountable for and how to get there. Okay. Okay. So, so you go from telecom. Oh yeah. To a book industry to fresh one, which is the food, the food distribution, distribution. Yeah. type yeah. industry. So wildly different industries, three of them yeah. as an integrator and as a visionary. So I guess this is two questions as an integrator and a visionary. Is it easy to make those jumps? Is it easier for one or the other to make these changes in industry? Like it just seems like in your role specifically, that would be a little bit of a challenge to do. Yeah, and it can be, and I, it, I think most of it is like you know you're gonna you obviously there's skill that some skill you need, but for the most part you're gonna hear hire for character, and really for their attitude and what mm -hmm. they can do because you can't that's kind of an I think it's born you can change some of that, but for the most part you're gonna hire up to that and say hey do they uh, they can learn the skills, but do they have the attitude the want to the kind of the know mm -hmm. the what to kind of do it so that's kind of what I found it's like yeah I had to learn on this and how to do it. But as the visionary said, hey, I know how to make this work. I can lead the vision. You can learn that. I just need someone that can execute. And it's almost like being a project manager. Mm -hmm. You have pieces to see, you know, and how you execute. Yeah, it's, it's specific to industry, but some of it you just don't know. I mean, excellence is still excellence across industries. Yeah, that's good. Now, certain types, you're right. Okay, the excellence is here is driving and doing that. Well, 
I'm not the expert in that, but if I've hired the right individuals, mm -hmm. they are the experts on that. So the same deal, I gotta let go and let, lead them, let them lead in their area best. Yeah. I'm just making sure we're on the same page working together. So that was really kind of cool. Again, doesn't work perfect, like, oh yeah, we just yeah. did it and it was happy. No, it's hard work, but still it makes it so much easier to go that way. If visionaries letting go of the vine, I'm letting go of the vine, letting my people lead, I'm just keeping the cadence and the rhythm going. Yeah, it's so funny, you keep saying let go, let go of the vine, that's the terminology yeah, from yeah. EOS. Um, often I say, uh, slow down to go fast, right? Yes. We got to slow down a little bit so that we can go fast. Cause if we just go fast all day long, operations are out of order, right? Nothing's in uniform. It's not working in a symbiotic yeah. relationship, but if you slow down and you get it in order, it allows you to go a lot faster in the organization and that's how you grow. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was reading a book, uh, General McRaven, with same deal. You've got to slow down in the right rhythm in order to go fast. Because you're right, if you're getting sloppy like that, operations don't work. Like mm -hmm. you said, the company doesn't work. Of course, for him, you know, uh, his missions, that whatever doesn't yeah. work. I mean, things people could get killed. So it's really cool about that. We talk about less is more. You've mm -hmm. got to slow down. I, I, we tell her, I've got a couple of clients, and I say, you know, if we don't have 37 goals, you're not going to get them done. You're going to halfway do them. We can have three to seven goals. So we talk about less is more. You can talk about focusing in all your energy, all your energy. Like, like we talk about with the sun. If I go out in the sun right now, I'll just get a sunburn you know, if I'm mm -hmm. out there for an hour. Well, if I can focus that energy in the sun like a laser beam, I can cut through steel. I can cut through yeah. glass. I can do, I'll cut through almost anything. Same way with companies. You got to slow down in order to get your thoughts and like that. Let go of the vine, let the right people do it. And then you can just, you can get anything done. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really good. Okay. So we're going to fast forward because we're going to talk about yeah. some examples and stuff like that, that you've seen that we can apply here. So, um, so you end up with fresh one, you're there for a little bit, and then you just, you fall in love with the EOS process. You become an EOS implementer. You've been that for what? Five, six, seven. Six, seven yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Awesome. So not that we're talking directly about your clients, um, but just some examples. Like I've got to believe you're facing clients where the visionary doesn't want to let go. How does, how does that hurt an organization? Yeah. Um, yeah. One specific client, any, any, any knows it. Um, and we're working on doing that. So it's always, about, but it, it just whiplashes organization because he has so many ideas. One day he wakes up and he was going this way and we're doing hundred miles an hour. He's like, that's not right. We're going to go over here. Well, the poor organization is being whiplashed all over. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, shiny penny. And that's why that's good about the visionary, but when it drives to the organization, it just kills the organization. It really hurts them. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And so, and I said, you know, again, we're going to have, I said, you know, not tomorrow. But let's make a plan over the next six months or a year, you're going to start to look for an integrator. Because it's so much is about they're like letting go of the vine, I won't be in control. It's like you're in control of it all. You're just moving to your highest and best use. Mm -hmm. Your highest and best use is your mind, your ideas, your culture. Yeah. And then if you'll let someone come in and then do that and let people be where they're most skilled at, working from their area of strength. Exactly. It'll move so much amazing, so much better. Yeah, that's right. So, so do you see that that would cause turnover in oh, the organization yeah. down yeah. and once we can get an operator in that seat and, and the operator gets up and running, then it kind of yeah. levels out the organization from just a, you know, it's like a sugar rush, right? Your, yeah. your sugar exactly. high, it's manic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So much so. And that's one way I love about EOS is it helps them focus. And so even if you have the visionary and the integrator, hey, we're doing these three to seven goals. Now he's going to come in and want to kind of change and do that. Or she, you will be she leaders, obviously. They may want to change it, but they say, hey, no, these are the three to seven goals. We're going to do the next nine.
and they not really sure where they're going who today is she in good mood today? Mm -hmm. is she think this is right or this is wrong mm -hmm. we've been working one week on this and now we're changing so but it says no we know we're working on this i, I want to change it but let's keep it on this because that'll keep us moving yeah. forward and that stability through the organization and then everybody feels like okay i know what i'm doing today i'm not having to change and so it helps keep keep your people and it just getting stability within the organization yeah why 90 days and why three to seven? You you specifically said three to seven a couple of times. Like why those yeah. two things? Yeah, so there there have been some studies and there's basically that most people in about a can get into a 90 day rhythm. So that's three months. Three months is about the right amount of time. You can get some big stuff done, but it's not so long that you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, people set New Year's resolutions. Well, that's 12 months. Yeah. Like, I'll work on them in June or I'll start them in August. Well, 90 days is just enough to get some big stuff done, big rocks, we say, but not so long that it just like, it just loses the focus. So we live in what we call a 90 day world. And it's kind of been proven out with Rockefeller habits as EOS, you know, the, the strategic coach, uh, big organizations that help that. And then as we move forward on that, we wanna make sure we're only accomplishing the most prioritized or priority type things. So we force organizations to say, yeah, I know you need to do these hundred things, but if you can only do these three to seven, what are the most important three to seven things you want to get done to move the organization forward? Well, leadership companies will say, or leaders will say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, then it's not fair for you to ask your employees to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Hey, you need to prioritize. When you're giving them 100 things to do, mm. same deal. If you can't lead, we found the leadership team goes, so it goes to the organization. If they're focused, the rest of the organization, same deal. We all got 100,000 things we're doing every day. Yeah. What are the three to seven most important things I got to make sure I get done? I would want to change them out all the time. Oh yeah. Do you yeah, see that? Oh yeah. Like no 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 no. That, that, I get that was important last week, but this week this yeah. is more important. So how do you how do you you pick it and it's got to stay? It's yeah. I I recommend it. And again, obviously, unless something major happens, you know, there's a major catastrophe, there's something crazy going on within the industry you're in, you've got to change. But generally, you know, COVID obviously that forced people to yeah. change. But outside of that, your goal is the fact we tell leadership teams your ability to predict helps define you as a leader. You've got, we know you can't predict the future, but your ability to help predict the best it is is going to help the rest of the organization remain more stable and be more successful. Look at any organization. It's proven that way. Mm. Stability for one, keeping your people. And number two, you're going to be able to move further down the road because you're focusing. It's forcing you to focus in on doing that. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're so, but you're saying no to so many things. Why was Steve Jobs and Apple so important? He didn't focus on 100,000 things. He focused yeah. on a couple. Most yeah. successful companies are the fact that they can focus on the few as opposed to trying to be spread all over. That's a really good example. I, I often say that uh, systems scale and people don't, right? And, and nowadays, uh, post-COVID, since COVID, it's really opened our eyes. You've got mental health and you've got people who aren't willing to put in 90-hour work weeks, you know, um, and that really hit home post-COVID. And so really it makes that statement you know, system scale and people don't because people aren't willing to do the hundred hour work weeks anymore and sacrifice family time. Life is short. They want to enjoy it. So uh, all the EOS, I mean, it just sounds like this big system. Why do systems work so well? So, and yeah, I go along the same thing you're saying, you know, each system or each, the results you're getting is designed by the system that runs it. So if you're not getting the results you want, it's because the system isn't running the way you want it to. We well, gotta change the system. Mm -hmm. You gotta get out of that. So uh, 
EOS it just helps everybody come together and like you said just kind of focus what is the most important so everybody agrees if you disagree and you disagree and I did, we get in a room and figure it out that healthy conflict is mm -hmm. put. but we make sure at the end of the day we're all on the same deal so we're all rowing the boat you know in the same direction to get things done and that helps the organization like oh I know where we're going now not everything's perfect yeah, yeah. but it helps us kind of move forward and know and kind of with that balance I mean I think yeah. it's important to understand that you know I think generally 50 hours a week is pretty much yeah. normal I was you yep. know you got 40 you're gonna have some you'll do it but yep. generally to have the balance it's gonna be about that but you want to work really hard but we also understand there's more to life than just your work yeah I think uh, I think growth is messy right like oh, when we yeah. think about a company uh, growing and doing all these things we're like man they've got a great culture there are no issues and I think <laughs> yeah. that's impossible because if you yeah. want to grow and you may have a good culture but if you want to grow, it's going to look messy, which then you have to re-solidify your culture, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's a balance that you're trying to weigh, but growth is not just rainbows and sunshine. Growth is messy, and that's a good thing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, even some of my clients that are a little more, have a little more trouble, uh -huh. and they're not maybe all together, they're getting there, but you're right, even the companies that are successful, it is messy. I mean, we've got, they're arguing about this, but they're moving ahead, but at least they're on the same page, moving together, agree what we're trying to do, and they're you're kind of using the same terminology. So yeah. you're not you're calling customer acquisition, and I'm calling out, we gotta get new clients. Okay, we're saying that, no, I'm doing it different. What does it mean that we're on the same page? We, we all have issues. How do yeah. we solve those issues? Yeah. And that's why one thing I love about US, it helps you say, hey, let's come together and make sure we understand that. Yeah. It's a safe place to bring up issues. And number two, it's a good place to get them done. Okay. Get them completed. So this is really good. So you, you have a customer, a client of yours, you're implementing EOS. And within that, you're, you're sitting face to face with the leaders of the organization. So within that, there's ways to do leadership <clears throat> development and conflict resolution. That's got to come along with just the role that you're in, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we always talk about, we say enter the danger. If you're mm. not willing to enter the danger in that room with those leaders, you can't expect it to go through the rest of the organization. <clears throat> and we've uh, one of the things we use, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's a great story that, uh, you know, if a storm is coming, you know, cows will typically will just kind of stay there or try to run away from the yeah. storm. And they're in the storm longer because they're running with it. Whereas buffaloes will run into the storm yeah. and they're through it faster. I mean, they're facing the, the danger, they're facing that, the unknown, but they're going through it and they're gonna go faster. That's what we tell our clients. Yeah, it's gonna be, there's gonna be some not some pretty stuff, do that, but we've gotta go enter the danger. Let's face it, because it's not gonna go away. How are we gonna address it and fight it and go through it? I love that you use the cow buffalo. I'm gonna take that part yeah. and replay it for my team because I've used that with them so many <laughs> times and they're like, it's what great. is David doing? Talking about cows and <laughs> buffalo all the time. Yeah, no, yeah I, I, I think that's great. Client. Yeah, you gotta square your shoulders you and you take it head yeah. on. So, so when you are working uh, with leaders and you're doing some leadership development and you're doing some leadership training with them, <clears throat> what are the areas that you feel people can improve on the most? Yeah, we. A lot of we talk about, you know, you got to have the skills, you know, the mm -hmm. smart stuff, the right spreadsheets, the strategy like that. But it's really the soft stuff that all mm -hmm. matters. In fact, I'm, I'm doing a training for a client. And in fact, we're kind of going back the term emotional intelligence, you mm -hmm. know, but it's really about how do I deal with people that just drive me crazy? Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we, we understand our personality, but it's really being self-aware of how I respond to situations. So I know who I'm kind of being nowhere. I'm not a visionary. Don't be mad about it. Just accept it and understand and, and grow from my strength. And then understanding kind of where you're from. Well, well, David is a, you know, he's at a high D, so he's going to look at things a little differently. We see things differently, but how do we best work together? Because at the end of the day, we got to get this stuff done. 
So that's, I'm doing a lot, actually a lot of training with my clients on emotional intelligence and really like how do we make sure that we're working together? Because at the end of the day, you're going to work with people. You can get mm -hmm. stuff done. You can have collateral damage. I can work through you, but it's not going to last very long. If I work with you, you know, what is it? if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. Well, that's true. What I tell my teams, it, yeah, again, it will be messy and there's some people you're not going to totally like, but you got to figure out a way to work with them in order to get things done. And so I'm doing a lot of what emotional intelligence, self-awareness, and then understand like, how do you diffuse situations? What yeah. do you do? You know, you getting angry is not going to help, is it? So You've there's a, be the big boy. Yeah. There's a lot of tools, right? Oh, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of tools to look like, to look at emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Are there any, like we've, in our organization, we've done strength finders. We've had a group of us do working genius. So we've done a little, uh, yeah. few tools and tests. Is there something that you lean on more than one thing, more than the other? Yeah, no, I like what you, the kind of the three, I like, we use disc. I mean, we'll go back okay. to old school disc, okay. which is great. And it's kind of simple and easy. I love strength finders. I think it's real helpful for the individual. And then the working genius is one of my more, I'm a f big fan of Lancioni overall. And, but yeah, I think the working genius is really good. How do I work with my other two mates? And it's so many light bulbs going on. One, when they understand where they come from, they're like, oh my gosh, I know I'm a D or I know that my strengths is individuality or uh, you mm -hmm. know, achiever. And then when we kind of put around how they do their work done, it really just helps enlighten where they're at. So, and it's really just getting them in a room and talking. Yeah. Well, you know, and I mean, go, entering the danger, like, okay, so now when you said this the other day, you said it ticked you off. What's the deal? We yeah. can talk about it. Well, I, okay, let's talk about it here because it's not going to resolve itself unless you embrace it and you talk about it. Yeah. I feel like if, if you knew uh, people's personalities and, and um, the emotional intelligence mm -hmm. related to that. So if we go back to the visionary integrator, mm -hmm. I could imagine that the visionary is just coming up with all these ideas. And the integrator is saying, no, 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 no. And I could imagine a visionary going, this integrator, he doesn't like me. Like I'm taking it personally because he doesn't like me. I'm going to yeah. have to get rid of him. I need to get someone else. But what I'm hearing you say, it's not all about that. If, if the visionary knows the integrator, that's what he's good at. He needs that person to say no to these ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As much as the visionary drives me crazy because they have a thousand ideas. It drives a visionary crazy that I'm saying no to half of them or 90% of them. But again, it's all in the approach like, no, we can't do that. You agreed we're going to do X, remember? Our rocks. Okay, mm -hmm. but it was like, well, no, okay, let's keep talking about it. So, yeah, it's just having what we call a same page meeting, making sure you mm -hmm. and the visionary are on the same page and being open and honest. I know it sounds a little squishy, but like, you know, it, it makes me feel like you don't even want to do what I do. You still may know 100 times. Well, yeah. Let me tell you why. So, I mean, it's literally just having those conversations. Let's talk about it. Why is that? Well, it drives me crazy when you come in with a thousand ideas. Do you ever just stop and let us accomplish the 10 things you said yesterday? So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just having that conversation and it's not always fun all the time, mm -hmm. but it's, it gets you a lot better along in the same deal. It's like, hey, we're all big, big boys and big girls. Let's talk about it and move forward. We're all yeah. trying to move the company forward. How do we best do that? Yeah, you know, from an emotional intelligence standpoint and, and empathetic, being empathetic yes, with your team, yes. You know, what I found that helps me, and I've learned this long ago, is when I walk in in the morning, let's say that everybody's there, I walk in late, like I need to look at everybody because I need to look at like, all right, how, how are, how's their body position? Do they have a smile on their face? What does their face look like? Was it a tough night? You know, and then just kind of pulling them. It doesn't have to be a big meeting. Like you don't have to go, hey, I need to meet with you. Can you come into this room? It's like when you're passing them or they're in the break room and just, just a quick little check-in yeah. with them to yeah. let them know, Hey, I see you, everything. Okay. You know, what can I do? Anything like that. And that goes a long way. And sometimes for me, I get stuck in this. 
well, I got a hundred things to accomplish. So, oh, I see that she doesn't look like she normally does, but I got to get to work and yeah. ignore that. And what you're saying is, you know, have the emotional intelligence, not just about yourself, but empathy and emotional yeah. intelligence yeah. about the other people and recognizing them where they are. Exactly. Yeah. And that's very good as a leader. And I encourage you to keep doing that because you're right. You're reading them to understand because everybody has something going on in their life. You know, I think yeah. Zig Ziglar said, you know, nobody knows how much, and nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. We're, we're all people dealing with crap all the time. You know, personal, something's going on here or there's work didn't get or something or somebody didn't turn something in. But how do we do? But you're right, just understanding that and then say, hey, how do we make sure? Because we're, we're all trying to generally show up and be our best. We have terrible days, but how do we do that? And when that. We're all, we understand that. It makes life a lot easier. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so we're drawn to the close. I have two things for you. Okay. Number one, why don't you hold that book up? Because yeah. I got to believe that book can tell us a little bit about it. That book is kind of a starting place. It is. It's a, written by Gina Wigman, who started EOS, and it's a great book. And it, you can literally read it and self-implement it, kind of like what you were saying. I mean, we've been talking about it. But it just lays out the process in a really good system how you can implement EOS in your business and really get what we talk about getting a grip on your business. How do you get what you want out of your business, moving it forward, and uh, just just getting things what you want to do. And entrepreneurs that have this idea of vision for their business, how do they get that moving and getting things accomplished? You'd be surprised how many small, mid-sized businesses, because that's usually what it is, right? Oh, small yeah, to mid-sized? Yeah, we're, that's our target is basically 10 to 250 employees. We have some that are a couple billion dollars, some that are smaller, but generally that's the target. Yeah, yeah. you. I mean, once I read that book, fantastic book, once I read it, you know, just understanding and listening to people talk and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, we operate on EOS. I mean, and you'll start hearing the L10 yeah. meetings and yeah. rocks and yeah. all this other stuff. And I'm like, I would have never clued in to that had I not read that book and heard the terminology that was used. So excellent recommendation. Okay, number two, um, one piece of tactical advice that listeners to this podcast, doesn't matter where you're at in the organization, you could be a leader, you could be a climber in your career. What is the one piece of tactical advice that you would say, hey, go do this because you can do this beginning tomorrow? Yeah, and, and going back to the book just real quick is the, uh, it's nothing like a magic bullet or anything. These are just kind of ideas that have been around for hundreds of years or hundred years. And it just kind of how I put it together to me is the key thing. So that's why I recommend that. I think the one thing, and I, and I know it'll sound a little bit loosey weird, but it's really just, I think it's just, and it sounds weird, but love. I mean, it's like, you know, I think you had to generally love what you do. I mean, mm -hmm. not everything's going to be perfect in your job, but if you'll just love people, love yourself, know who you are and love it. they said, you'll get so much more done. I think, you know, I think Tim Keller years ago at Yahoo wrote a book called Love is a Killer App. But it's about love and just loving on others that knowing like that, but it's the relationships. At the end of the day, it's all about the relationships and working together. Everybody wants to get, do well, you know, have a good life, you know, a good marriage, hopefully, you know, and make money and do that. But then they were all in the same age relationship. So I, it, I was thinking about this as we were talking about it, and it's like love. I was like, but that's just what comes to mind. It's like really just yeah. loving. And it is just, hey, David, how can I help you? What we can we do? We got to get this done. And just loving where you're at and knowing that and working hard. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Here's, see, there I'm using it already. Here's the thing I love that because there are so many, the hottest leaders in the world today, the hottest management consultants in the world today Patrick Lencioni, who you mentioned, yeah. Dan Sullivan, um, John Gordon. Yeah. All, that's what they talk about. And it's not this kumbaya, no, no, Pollyanna, no, no. like that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. It's, you know, it, John Gordon actually says, love them tough, you yeah. know, yeah. love them tough yeah. because you can be tougher with them. This is Dabo Sweeney. Like he loves his, the head yeah. coach for Clemson. Yeah. 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 He yeah. loves his players to death, 
But and that allows him to be really tough exactly. on them and hold them accountable because they know he loves them exactly. so much. And so I think that is awesome advice because anybody can do that. It's something you do. And so what you you kind of you love your employees to do that. You're just reading them. Hey, are they having a bad day like that. So yeah, I, I think that's how you carry that into that. So you being it applicable that way. What does love look like? Well, it's just caring about the next person next to you. It's about accepting who you are. You know, for a while. And I know that's a weird love deal, but I'm not a visionary. Don't be fun of that. Be your greatest strength of who you are. Be the integrator. Move ahead. Well, I got to tell you, uh, usually I have some parting comments, but I'm not going to have any parting comments because that was well said. And the best way said right there is love your people all around you, your employees, your coworkers, your senior leadership, your family. Like there needs to be more of that. And the more you give, the more you are going to get. So those are my parting comments. Michael, thank you so much hey, for joining you. us today. We great. really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. For our audience, thank you so much for joining us. Every other week, we have one of these that is released. We have two weeks ago, it's being released today. This will be released in two weeks. So, and if you have any guests that you think would be great to be on the show, reach out. It's unitysearch.com. Just reach out to us and we'll get you on the show. Thanks so much until next time. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.